0: Welcome to Lady in the Couch, a podcast about mental health and well-being, relationships, and topics specifically related to women. I am your host, Autumn Cole, a licensed psychotherapist in Atlanta, Georgia. Let's have a seat on the couch. Welcome. So today's episode is, let's cancel the word fake. All right, so this word <laughs> The word fake is a pretty popular term. It's a colloquialism that is used to spin around for a while. And, you know, it's something we may hear quite often. Some of your millennials and younger generations may use this word to describe someone that they feel is doing something. You know, they may say, oh, they're being fake or they are smiling in my face. They're being fake. They know they don't like me or like this person or whatever the case is. So the word fake, when used as a colloquialism, has been around for a couple of decades and probably longer. You know, I've seen the use and, quite frankly, overuse of this word throughout my existence, my lifetime. And I typically hear people say this when they are describing another person's demeanor, personality, or an interpersonal interaction maybe they're a part of or that they have witnessed. So an example might be two people who do not get along might greet each other And, you know, greet each other with pleasantries and say hello when they're cordial. And an observer might say, they so fake. And the observer's, you know, perspective is, well, they know they don't care for each other. Why are they pretending to be nice to each other? So then they therefore label that as being fake, I guess. So if you watch any reality TV show, you will probably hear this word at least twice per episode. (laughs) And it'll probably go something like this. I don't know why she showed up to my event, acting like she wants to support. She being so fake. So that's kind of the context and how the word fake is used in different scenarios. So once that's stated, typically the individual who they're calling fake is now offended. And they likely ask, well, how am I fake? How am I fake? And then, you know, they go back and forth, back and forth begins, and then it continues. And really, there is no resolution because both individuals now have entered into emotional mind, and that is where they are choosing to exist. So if we looked at the interaction and situations from a, an objective viewpoint, we would probably remove the title or word or descriptor fake. So, yeah, I understand the layman use of the term and what it is trying to convey when people say fake. I get it. Again, it's a colloquialism. So we just kind of say it, you know, just throw it out there and we all just kind of know what it means. However, it conveys so much more, and I think it is limiting. The use of the word is critical, meaning it exudes like criticism, and it is also divisive, and it is a very narrow view of someone. So the word fake as a description is limiting, and it's really, you know, all or nothing. It has this all or nothing feel to it. You know, to call someone fake is to put them in a box and make them only this one thing. And let's face it, you know, fake has a negative connotation. When you call someone fake, it's a jab. It's offensive. So referring to someone as fake also gives the impression that an individual has to and can only be one way all the time. And that's that all or nothing. Either you're fake or you're not. You know, it reduces them to having to be only what they may have said, like even if they spoke while angry. So, for instance, let's say Jane Doe said they didn't like hanging out with a particular co-worker because that co-worker said something offensive. However, you know, let's say Jane Doe made this statement to another co-worker and soon after, Jane Doe is seen going to lunch with the offending co-worker. So the observer may refer to Jane Doe now as fake. You know, she may look at it as, well, she said she didn't want to go or hang out with the offending co-worker, but yet she's going to lunch with her. Jane Doe, so, you know, she's fake. She's being fake. Well, this is not necessarily a fair assessment of Jane Doe as maybe she was venting when she stated she didn't want to hang out with the offensive co-worker. And, you know, maybe later on she was able to self soothe and she therefore feels better about the situation or their interaction. And maybe she decided not to hold on to it and just let it go. But we also don't know what interactions Jane Doe and the offending co-worker have had. So those who would refer to Jane Doe as fake... May want to reconsider the situation and how they may and how the situation made them feel. So instead of just calling Jane Doe and the interaction fake, maybe the individual can identify how that situation made them feel, meaning maybe it made them confused or uncertain about when to believe Jane Doe's works. I think this is probably more beneficial and creates a better opportunity to be more discerning than just labeling Jane Doe. Referencing someone as fake also implies that we expect them to be led by and follow their emotions. So if someone is angry, then we expect them to respond angrily or display anger. And anything short of that, and you'll be called the F word, fake. So, you know, I don't know why they got to be fake. Could they just be maybe evolved? The idea that we don't have to follow our emotions or we don't have to succumb to our emotions and what we're feeling could be a positive thing. You know, maybe the individual chose not to sit in their emotions and respond accordingly. So as adults, you know, it is very likely that we will have to interact with individuals that may not be our cup of tea. And this does not mean, however, that we need to respond to these individuals as if they're not our cup of tea. You know, I've seen some people try to justify their rude and offensive behavior by stating, well, I don't like XYZ, so I'm not going to act like I do because that would be fake. So that's their justification. So it appears here that if you feel a way, you must follow through and be that way. Which, you know, looking at the example I just gave, this will likely not serve an individual well. Describing someone as fake also does not allow room for growth and maturity for the person that they're referring to as fake. So maybe the contrast you see in the individual reference as fake. And when I say the contrast, meaning, you know, maybe the individual has said something and they're behaving a different way. So now you label that individual as fake. So maybe the contrast that you see in the individual reference as fake is really just growth and them having a new perspective. However, also, maybe that contrast that you're seeing within the individual may be unsettling for you. Because the person is not fitting into the box you gave them. And it is probably much more easier and takes less energy to just label them as fake than it does to explore your feelings of being unsettled. And as for the person who believes they must act according to how they feel so that they can avoid being called fake or perceived as fake, this belief limiting and will not allow for personal growth either. So it goes both ways, you know, for the person labeling someone as fake, that is very limiting. And then for the individual who feels they must act according to their feelings to avoid being called fake, that is very limiting as well. So something to note here is that, you know, we can be more than one thing at the same time. So we can acknowledge that you know, maybe we do not desire to forge a friendship with someone and also be polite and kind to that individual without it having to be fake. That could just be maturity and politeness and being cordial and just showing respect. We can dislike the new project we are doing at work and be a team player and positive employee. We can be disappointed with our teenager and encourage them. So we can do both without having to choose one or the other or thinking that, you know, well, because I don't like this new project at work, I'm going to act accordingly. And therefore, you know, our demeanor will let everyone we know know we don't like it or we're not on board because anything other than that would be me being fake to how I feel, you know, and people can try to justify it in that way. However, that behavior that we're displaying is not productive, It's not helpful, and it doesn't serve us well. And even though you may not like the project at work, that is not all you are. So that is not all there is of you to display. Within you, there is still politeness. There is still kindness. Maybe there's even still that team player. You can still display those aspects. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. So, you know, as you see, we do not have to treat situations or people as we feel in the moment, especially if it does not benefit the situation. You know, I often tell clients that just because we feel something doesn't mean we have to succumb to that feeling. We can be angry, yet we don't have to walk around expressing anger or behaving angrily. We can be hurt, yet that doesn't mean we have to walk around being hurtful. So we don't have to succumb to our feelings. We don't have to just sit in it or let it overtake us. And that's often what happens when we exist in emotional mind. So we want to bring in some objectivity, which is what we would call more so cognitive mind. And this is not to say that we should not express our thoughts and feelings. If we are disappointed, you know, we're not saying just overlook it and just go on and do the opposite or behave the opposite. No, we can still express ourselves. However, we want to continue to be productive and not just sit in this deep emotion. So, for instance, the example I gave, we can be disappointed with our teenager and encourage them. You know, we can tell our teenager, you know, hey, I'm really disappointed with maybe your grades, with your grades this semester, and I know you can do better, and I'm going to help you do better and make sure you do better, as opposed to just harping in and sitting in that disappointment and therefore treating them in a disappointing way. So, hopefully, this encourages us to acknowledge that many things can be true and exist at the same time. And therefore, you know, real and fake do not have to be the only categories. If these are our only choices, real and fake, then we miss out on so many traits to help us better discern situations. The next time we feel the urge to categorize someone as fake, you know, I encourage us to ask ourselves, well, what emotion is being evoked within me? You know, ask yourself that. What is it I'm feeling right now? What are they stirring up in me? What is their contrary behavior? Bringing up within me, you know, your response might be, well, I feel confused because what this person said is contrary to how they're responding. So I'm feeling confused about this individual or about the situation. The response might be fear because maybe now you feel worried that the person might not be authentic with you and could possibly pose a threat. So if an individual that you've interacted with is behaving or communicating contrary to what was previously communicated or their behavior is contrary to a prior behavior, then this might evoke fear in you. Because now you may be thinking, well, dang, you know, I was thinking this about them. Now they're behaving this way. So do I need to watch out? Do I need to kind of put my guard up? So and this is really natural. This is us putting up defenses because at the end of the day, you know, it's all about survival, not necessarily in the literal life or death sense, but in this case, survival in terms of protecting ourselves. Protecting ourselves, protecting our emotions. So that might be what we do. You know, another response might be hurt or disappointment. We might identify that we're feeling hurt or disappointed because the person is displaying behavior that contradicts who we thought they were. So this might make us feel away on the inside. So oftentimes we don't even stop to acknowledge what someone else's contrary behavior that we might label fake what their behavior is evoking in us, we just, you know, call it fake and write it off and keep it moving, not realizing that they've just triggered a feeling within me. So what's most important here is that we explore our own response instead of just labeling the individual as fake without the consciousness around our own feelings. Again, this would allow for more productive use of discernment and a rational response. It also may be helpful to have grace towards others and yourself. So there's a lot of pressure, or for some there is, for others maybe not. Some, you know, just like, well, I don't care, you know, this is who I am, call it what you want, which is cool. For some, there is pressure to act according to their feelings to avoid being called fake. So I would say show yourself some grace and acknowledge that as an evolved individual, You are more than one emotion and can absolutely change your mind at any time. With a scenario like this, this is sometimes where ego enters. Ego may say, well, you said you felt this way, so that's what you need to show. You know, you said you didn't really care for this project you're doing at work, so your attitude needs to reflect that. So that's ego. That's ego telling you that. And in this instance, you can show yourself some grace to say, you know what, I did say that and I don't have to hold on to that. And I can change my mind and I can evolve and I can see the bigger picture or greater perspective, even though I still feel a way about the project at work. So it doesn't have to be one dimensional. This, you know, it could have many layers that we acknowledge for ourselves. And as we show ourselves grace, we can also show others grace and not pigeonhole them to one emotion and corresponding behavior or making them one dimensional. So hopefully we can see that for others as well, that because we felt one way on a Tuesday doesn't mean we can't change our mind or feel differently on a Wednesday. And yes, I do understand that, you know, we look for consistency in relationships, you know, and that is a good thing to do, look for consistency and trusting behaviors and things like that. Absolutely. So we do want to continue to look for that. However, we also want to understand that people evolve and we can show them grace around their evolution. And two, you know, I'll just throw this disclaimer out there. I'm not speaking about here, you know, repeated transgressions towards someone. Well, they said this, and now they're doing this. Okay, I showed them some grace. Then they did it again, and they did it again. Now, we're not talking about things like that, all right? So we are individuals with a plethora of feelings and some even contrasting at times. So during this time, people, you know, are using the term, this is cancel culture, So while we're canceling stuff, I vote that we go ahead and cancel the word fake because it is very limiting and really makes us seem one dimensional and puts us in a box. And we miss out on many other opportunities to explore other traits within individuals and our own feelings. And everything just isn't that simple. It's not as simple as just you fake. You know, that's a really simple, basic description for someone. And we're much more multidimensional and complex than that as humans. All right. So you got my vote to cancel the word fake. Go ahead and cast your vote also. And in the meantime, really explore your own feelings and how interactions trigger you. All right. till next time you guys have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Lady in the Couch. Feel free to share this episode with your friends on all of your social media platforms. If you are in the Atlanta area and seeking therapy, visit ladyinthecouch.com to learn more. Like what you heard? Feel free to give us a five-star review where you listen to podcasts. The content in this episode is not intended to diagnose or treat. It is for informational purposes only.